Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, star reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice. Bound on a round-the-world cruise, the Clara M., last of the old clipper ships, slips silently southward through a heavy fog with Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen aboard. In our last episode, we heard how Kent and Jimmy solved the mystery of the whistler when they discovered the strange unearthly whistling was caused by the wind striking a set of wooden pipes concealed in the carved figurehead of the old ship. Shortly after this, they overheard a conversation between Teak Barnaby, peg-legged master of the Clara M., and the stowaway boy, Pug Flanagan. This conversation convinced them that a piece of oiled silk found in the secret compartment where Pug Flanagan had been hiding was of great value. As our story continues today, we find Kent and Jimmy huddled over a table in Kent's cabin, feverishly trying to discover the secret contained in the piece of oiled silk. Listen. There, now. As soon as I wash the dirt off this part of the oiled silk... Well, what is it? Well, I'll be... What is it, Mr. Kent? Jim, amazing. Here, have a look for yourself. Yeah, let me look at it. Gosh, I'm so excited, I... Looks like a map. It is a map, Jim. A treasure map. Willikins, are you sure? Well, pretty sure. Look, outlined here, just follow my finger now. Yeah. Is the east coast of Africa. Huh? And right here is the Red Sea separating Africa from Arabia. This is the Indian Ocean. Gee, Africa and Arabia. Red Sea and the Indian Ocean. <laughs> Take it easy, Jim. Take it easy. How can I? A real treasure map. Boy, oh boy. No, we're not absolutely positive it's a treasure map. Not yet, at any rate. Let's see. Here's an arrow. You can just barely make it out. It's faded so badly. Yeah. Points to a bit of land just south of Sumatra. Sumatra? Uh-huh. Oh, golly. Here's some markings. Let's see if we can decipher them. 15 degrees south latitude. Yes. By 103 degrees, 20 minutes west longitude. Uh-huh. And locate the piece of land. I have to look at a chart to get that exact location, but it's certain, Jim, this piece of land is an island just south of Sumatra. Sumatra? That's right near Borneo, isn't it? In Java. Yes, Jim, the Dutch East Indies. Oh, gosh, Mr. Kent, this is so exciting. I. I. Oh, God. For heaven's sake, Jim, relax. Maybe nothing at all. Oh, you said yourself it might be a treasure map. Yes, I know, but then again, it might not be. But I don't get excited until we're sure. Oh, but it must be a treasure map. All these strange markings on it, and. Barnaby being so anxious to get his hands on it. Yes, yes, but you never know. Wait a minute, here's something on the other side. Oh, what's it say? This is the yeah, yeah. map of Samuel Salt. Oh, gee willikers, Mr. Kent, yeah. read it out loud. All right, Jim, here's what it says. Legend. Legend? Gee, that, that's sort of old-fashioned, isn't it? Now, let me read this, will you? Stop interrupting. Oh, okay, I won't say another word. Okay. Now then, legend. Yeah, Mr. Kent? This is the map which locates the exact... Spot yeah? Where I, Samuel Salt, master of the Clara M. Clara M? Master of the Clara M, have hidden the booty and the treasure. Gee. Gathered together by me during years of pirating on the Spanish main. Spanish main? Pirating? Oh, gosh, Mr. Kent. Wait a minute, Jim. That's not all. This map will locate the island on which the treasure is hidden. Signed, Samuel Salt, master of the Clara M., June 18th, 1887. Wowie! 
The treasure map, all right, Jim. Oh, it sure is. Boy, I never thought anything like this would ever happen to me. It is exciting, isn't it? But Jim, now bear in mind that this map doesn't give us much to go on. All it does is locate the island where the treasure is buried. Gosh, what more do you need? <laughs> Maybe a pretty big island, Jim. And if it is a big island, it might be impossible to find the treasure. Oh, I don't say that, Mr. Kent. Gee, listen, if we're going around the world, there's no reason why we couldn't go by way of the Indian Ocean, is there? Well... And there's no reason why we couldn't find that island and have a try at locating the treasure, is there? I don't know, Jim. It's something to think about. Don't think too hard on it, matey. What? Oh, hello, Barnaby. Oh, Mr. Barnaby. Where's Pug Flanagan? He was with you, wasn't he? Send him below to Foshal. But I wouldn't worry none about him if I was you, Mr. Kent. There's more important matters to talk over, as you might say. More important matters? Such as what? To put it blunt, such as that map there on the table. Gosh. Oh, you've been eavesdropping, Barnaby, eh? I heard something of what you were saying before I barged him. Oh, well, good. In that case, I won't have to explain what this is all about. Explain to me? To me, Chief Barnaby? I could tell you more about that fair map than you learn in a week of Sundays. Oh, you could. Hey, I ain't one for mincing words, Mr. Kent. So I'll come right down to the point. I want that map. Well? There's something in your face, Barnaby, and something in your tone that tells me you plan to get this map regardless of what might stand in your way. Right you are. Well, you're not going to get it. Gosh, Mr. Kent. You're sailing the wrong course, matey. Before we go any further, I got a few things to say. Go right ahead. Jimmy and I are listening with bated breath. Before this here ship, a Clara M. cleared from Metropolis, I went to see a man named White, editor of that there newspaper you're a reporter on. I told him I wanted to buy the Clara M., and I was willing to spend good money to buy the ship. You, you wanted to buy the Clara M.? Hey, lad, that I did. I've struck it rich a couple of times in my life, and I'm not exactly a pauper. Well, Mr. White, he wouldn't sell the Clarion. So what did old Teak Barnaby do? He signed aboard her as first mate. I and signed on the crew along with him, paying him out of his own pocket. Now, what would be old Teak Barnaby's reason for doing such a thing, eh? I have a vague idea. Well, let me make it clear to you. I knew that map was aboard this here ship. I didn't know where, but I knew it was on board. That's why I wanted to buy the old tub. Not because I'm in love with the lines or the fit of a rigging. You follow me? Perfectly. Now you want the map. Right, matey. And I aim to get it no matter what. So you'd best hand it over quiet-like. Aren't you taking a lot for granted, Barnaby? You hardly think I'm going to hand this map over to you just for the asking. I ain't exactly asking. I'm telling. With this. He's got a knife. Right, lad. Old Teak Barnaby's got a knife. Remember how I showed you a trick with this self-same knife? Yes, I remember. Good. Now, this is how it goes, Mr. Kent. The crow is in my pay. Anything happens to you and the lad here can always be explained away. Now, I'm going to ask you once more to hand over that map. Your answer has got to be yes or no. If you say yes, well, it'll go easy with you. 
If you say no, it'll go hard. Mr. Ken. And I ain't gonna do no talking about it. Now then, I want that map. Is the answer yes or is the answer no? That's right, Mr. King. Think it over. Because old Teak Barnaby ain't fooling. Well, what is it? Yes or no? Don't give it to him, Mr. Kent. He's a thief and a coward. He wouldn't dare use that knife. Oh, wouldn't I? We'll see. This knife, Kent, is pressed against your stomach. Whether you live or not depends on your answer. What's the matter? Lost your tongue? All right, then, you're asking for it. Yes. The answer's yes, Barnaby. Here's the map. You're a smart man, Mr. Kent. Now, come along, both of you. The crew's waiting. Come along, lad. All right, I'm coming. I never thought you were a coward, Mr. Kent. All right, the three of you, get in there. Stand over there, Kent. You too, Jim. Oh, and you're no exception, me blooming little stairway. Get over there. Someday, pal, I'm going to take you apart piece by piece. I'm going to break. Oh, uh, that'll learn you to speak similar to your elders. Why, you skinny little... Take it easy, Pug. Got us where they want us, thanks to Mr. Kenton. There's nothing we can do about it. No, you're talking sense, lad. Irish, Larry. Aye. Put the manacles and chains on him. There's no need for this, Barnaby. I gave you the map. What more do you want? I want to be sure of having no trouble from you. Oh, I ain't so much worried about you, Kent, as these two lads here who might find some way of starting trouble. So it's into irons for the lot of you. Until I get what I want, and that being a treasure. Hurry, slime me. Stack them up. But it'll take months for you to reach that island to get the treasure, Barnaby. I and the three of you are going to spend all the time right down here in the brig. There. they are, Barnaby. Good. All right, Limey and Irish, out you go. And now, gentlemen, I'll be leaving you with pleasant thoughts of the treasure. The treasure that might have been yours. <laughs> oh, this is what they call a pretty kettle of fish, ain't it? Yeah. Mr. Kent, how come you didn't lay into that old walrus? How come you give up the map so easy, huh? I thought it was best not to start any trouble. You mean you were scared? Barnaby was holding that knife against you. You were scared stiff. You really think that, Jimmy? What else could it be? Well, maybe you're right. Maybe I was afraid. Now, listen, you guys... All we ought to do is start figuring some way of getting out of here. Oh, forget it. We'll never get out of these chains. What we need now is Superman. No, Jim. I'm afraid we're just up against it. Of course, we know what Clark Kent means. That even he and his guise of Superman cannot save the situation without revealing his double identity to Jimmy and Pug. Will he find a way? Be sure to hear the next thrilling episode of our story... With Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.
Well, what do you make of this, uh, Superman business? Episode 183, The Last of the Clipper Ships, 17, April 11th, 1941. Welcome to Superman Radio Revisited. I'm your host, Matt. And as this episode got going, we found out what the secret of the piece of oiled silk was. Once Clark cleans it up, and it appears to be a treasure map of some sort, Jimmy is getting so excited, he comes up with a new catchphrase. Gee Willikers, or Gee Willikins. I guess he's retiring holy mackerel for now. But while Clark's cleaning up this map, he sees some coordinates. 15 degrees south latitude by 103 degrees, 20 minutes west longitude. And I was going to try to figure out where that is, but I'm not in the habit of looking up latitude and longitude. If anybody wants to write in, let me know. That'd be awesome. But maybe I'll just have that on the back burner, and I'll try to figure that out for a future episode, just to see if it lines up. And while Clark was also looking around, looking or cleaning the map and finding locations, he mentioned the Red Sea separating East Africa and Arabia. He also mentioned the Dutch East Indies, which was the Dutch colony that is now modern Indonesia. And Clark ends up flipping the the map around on the other side of the oiled silk, and he sees a message. And he reads the message that is on the other side of the map. This is the map which locates the exact spot. Yeah? Where I, Samuel Salt, master of the Clara M. Clara M? Master of the Clara M, have hidden the booty and the treasure. Gee. Gathered together by me during years of pirating on the Spanish main. Spanish main? Pirating? So I was wrong about the piece of oiled silk being a map to a place like the Fountain of Youth. Or a rejuvenating pool that would grant Teak Barnaby regenerative abilities like the power to grow a new leg to replace his wooden one. Thinking about it, though, that would have probably been a stretch for the Superman radio serial. The stories do get crazy, but usually it seems like the antagonists are human beings with fantastical plots, but no powers. And Superman is the exception. Anyway, Teak is after Samuel Salt's booty, even though he seemed to have plenty of money paying his crew out of his own pocket. And I suppose it's not only about the treasure, but the hunt for the treasure that Teak enjoys. And Teak barges in on Clark and Jimmy, who had went to Clark's cabin for privacy to look at the map. And Clark's cabin, probably not the best hiding place. You'd think Clark would have heard Teak's distinctive walk with his super hearing and known he was on his way. But Clark and Jimmy get busted nonetheless, as Jimmy was talking about sailing the Indian Ocean towards the, de- towards the designated island to search for the treasure. And I do enjoy when Clark plays the tough guy, and it was fun seeing him refuse to give the map to Teak at first. Teak delivers an ultimatum to Clark. Is the answer yes, or is the answer no? That's right, Mr. King. Think it over. Because old Teak Barnaby ain't fooling. 
Well, what is it? Yes or no? Jimmy tells Clark not to give up the map that Teek's a coward and a thief, which angers Teek, and he ends up pressing a knife against Clark's stomach. And Clark does ultimately relent and gives the map to Teek. But I think this is all because Jimmy earlier in the storyline was noticing Clark's similar attributes to Superman, and Clark is just you know, playing like he is human and he may get stabbed in the stomach. And so he gives up the map and he doesn't want to let Jimmy in on the fact that he is Superman. So this does cause some complications though with Jimmy's relationship with him just for the time being, because Jimmy seems to have done a 180-degree turn here from earlier when he didn't want Clark to be starting anything with Teak Barnaby. He says he never thought Mr. Kent was a coward. And this was harsh. As far as Jimmy knows, Clark could have been stabbed by the knife and bled out in front of him. Was he wanting Clark and himself to battle their way out of this? It seems like maybe they should have, as it turns out, because they are led to the brig with Pug and shackled in manacles. Chains and Chains by Limey and Irish. Well, this is what they call a pretty kettle of fish, ain't it? Yeah. Mr. Kent, how come you didn't lay into that old walrus? How come you give up the map so easy, huh? I thought it was best not to start any trouble. You mean you were scared? Barnaby was holding that knife against you. You were scared stiff. You really think that, Jimmy? What else could it be? Well, maybe you're right. Maybe I was afraid. The suspense is being created by the fact that Clark Kent is not wanting to reveal that he is Superman. And I think that particular trope is just starting to get explored. It is interesting that in the radio serial, the only people that know Clark Kent is Superman is another boy named Jimmy, who gave Clark Kent his name, and then his dad, who gave... Clark Kent the idea to become a reporter and he was a professor and that was from the second episode which aired February 14th 1940 I don't think they are ever heard from again but I would love to be wrong it would be nice for Clark to have somebody to confide in in contrast talking about the secret identity I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent to talk about the Superman and Lois TV show which benefits from having over 80 years of Superman to draw inspiration from. In that show, Superman's secret identity is not so secret to an increasing number of people since it premiered. I get his family knowing Clark is Superman, as well as John Henry Irons and Natasha. Lana is Clark's best friend, gets a pass too. But Sarah, Chrissy, and now Kyle... I'm not saying I don't like their characters, even though Kyle can come off as a dude bro at times. I'm just saying loose lips sink ships, and Superman is at greater risk of having his secret identity exposed the more people that know. 
All that being said, I do love the Superman Lois show, and I'm thrilled that it is getting a fourth season. All right, back to the radio serial and Clark, Jimmy, and Pug's predicament. Clark could probably snap the manacles off him and blame the age of them, saying they're old. Maybe salt water was breaking them down. We'll have to find out next episode. Outside the radio serial, according to OnThisDay.com, what happened on April 11th, 1941? Some historical events. Germany blitzes Coventry, England. Jewish weekly newspaper taken control by Nazis. Nazi occupiers in Netherlands confiscate Jewish assets. And there's a couple famous birthdays. Ellen Goodman, American political columnist who won the Pulitzer in 1980, born in Newton, Massachusetts. And Frederick Rick Hawk, American astronaut, STS-7, STS-51A, STS-26, born in Long Beach, California. And I do believe April 11th would have been Good Friday in 1941. And I should have mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but Captain Marvel, the serial, which is playing in theaters, I believe probably a new chapter every week. So this would probably be week three of that serial. That's exciting. I'm going to have to go uh, watch that. I've never seen that before. I want to say thank you for retweeting the last episode to Charlie at SuperChuck1980, Russell Bragg at R.E. Bragg, and Russell says, This sure is a long saga. Join Matt and discover who or what the Whistler is. J.P. Rocha at O.D. Fashion Outlaw, and J.P. does write the occasional review at the SupermanHomepage.com. Planet X Network at Planet X EXE 7103. So thank you for the support and thank you to anyone who liked on Facebook. And anybody who listens, if you would please tell your friends about the show. I think that's probably the best way to grow my listening audience. You got a galloping tongue. The closing song for today's episode is going to be Professor Booty by the Beastie Boys. And before I go, though, I did want to ask any of you that listen and believe in God, I wanted to ask for prayers for Mark, who is a member of Man's Ear, who does all the themes for this podcast. He is bravely battling cancer, and he's got a surgery coming up on June 15th. So I'm just asking for prayers for the surgery to go well, that the cancer would be removed from his body. If you listen to this before June 15th, if you listen to it after June 15th, prayers for a smooth recovery would be appreciated. So I thank you so much. If you have comments, questions, or feedback, you can send an email to earthrsuperman at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter, at Radio Superman, and there is a Superman Radio Revisited Facebook group I would love you to join. Thank you for listening to Superman Radio Revisited. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster and is copyright DC Comics. The theme song was Lament of the Last Clipper by Man's Ear. 
In all clips and music used is copyright the respective copyright holders. I'll be leaving you with pleasant thoughts of the treasure. The treasure that might have been yours. <laughs> Automa, Argus, Automa, Ballistic, Cardinalism, Channel Man, Chimera, Edge, Freight Train, Geist, Gunfire, Akrat, Harry Force, Hitman, Hook, Jam, Joe Public, Warrior, Crack, Layla, Lionheart, Loose Cannon, Megabiter, Mongolite, Miriam, Nightblade, Output, Pouch, Prism, Razor Shark, Rodney Jane, Samaritan, Shadow Strike, Slick Shot, Smart Shot, Terror Smith. Wow, that's a lot of radical trademark names. And you may not have heard of any of them, but they were all introduced in DC Comics' 1993 Summer Annuals. Most went on to figure into more stories within their four-color universe. Many earned their own Spotlight series, and one became a cult hit from acclaimed creators. While the comics of the 1990s are often derided, for me, as a longtime comic book reader, I found a deepened fandom and a safe harbor from the Chromium Age in the DCU. I fell in love with the history and legacy found in generations of heroic mantles, and my journey into this continuity largely began with Bloodlines. Join me, Diablo Frank, as I explore the more overlooked areas of DC Comics' superheroes, beginning with an early 90s intellectual property generating stunt and fanning outward towards other obscurities and icons from throughout decades of sequential art stories all flowing through the DC bloodlines. Podcasts available on iTunes, Shout Engine, and the Internet Archive. Yo, I don't hang out with those guys. Man, I ain't got nothing to do with those dudes. Man, and I saw your female with them too. What's up with her? I've been hearing that she's been giving that stuff out to all of them graffiti guys. Well, shut the fuck up, Chico, man. Who paint three of those mules for some of that ass? Professor, what's another word for pirate treasure? Well, I think it's booty. Booty.
the word spastic. You shouldn't ever start us up. You couldn't finish. This rap roster to me is like pop out of spinach. I'm badass. Move your fat ass as you wax on. Dancing around like you think you're Janet Jackson. But you can walk up in and get some ground. I walk up with a rug out from under your ass as I talk on. I'll take you out like a sniper on a roof. Like an MC at the fever in the DJ booth. With your headphones strapped and rocking. So you better take your time and meditate on